Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we've been working our way through the book of Mark and enter chapter 6, where Jesus returns home after many amazing miracles on and around the Sea of Galilee. There he was constantly surrounded by crowds who were at least amazed by his miracles, if not his teaching. Well, that changed here. The question and the title of this week's sermon is, What would make the Son of God wonder in amazement? He wasn't amazed by his own miracles, so what could it be? The answer will be the topic of discussion this week as you join us for today's slice of the message entitled, What Made Jesus Wonder? Or somebody might say, we don't really know who the historical Jesus was. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. Don't be afraid of being in a situation like that. Don't be afraid of questions like that. Because they're bluffing approximately 99 times out of 100. It's just a defense that they have learned. So I recommend you do something like this. First, you might say something like, you know, that is a good question. I'd like to come back to it. But before I answer your question, I just want to make sure you understand what I'm saying. And then make sure that you've explained the gospel. You can say, uh, you know, be, before I talk about your question, do you understand the message of the gospel? This is what I'm saying to you. The Bible teaches, even if you don't believe what the Bible says, the Bible teaches that we are all sinners and our sin separates us from God. Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty for our sins so that we can be reconciled to God. I just want you to know that the most important thing for you to know about me is that I want more than anything else for you to know God through Jesus Christ and to know for sure that you're going to spend eternity with Him. That's the gospel. Okay, so make, make sure you've said that. And then, now, about your question. I want to ask you a question first. Is that truly what is keeping you from believing in Jesus Christ and confessing your sins and turning to Him? Uh, if I could give you a good answer to that question, will you confess your sins and give your life to Jesus Christ? Don't let the person put you in a position of you and that person acting like, now you're going to judge what God says because you're not the judge. God is the judge. Put them under the judgment of what the Word of God says. Is that, I mean, is, that's what, is that what's keeping you from coming to Christ? Now, when you put it that way, uh, some people will be hostile. But if you're dealing with a person whom God is calling to Himself, that kind of approach helps to expose the smokescreen for what it is and bring them face to face with what God actually says. Now, here's your secret weapon. Even if you don't know the answer off the top of your head, you can find the answer and you can follow up. Don't be afraid of the questions. They've all been answered. 
I haven't heard a new one in so long, I can't even remember when I heard the last fresh question. I had to say, I, you know, I, I mean, you guys ask me some sometimes that I have to, you know, take the Fifth Amendment for a moment and go do some research. But for an unbeliever battling against hearing the gospel, I haven't heard a new objection in decades. Rare is the person who is honest enough to say that their question is not actually keeping them from repentance. Don't be afraid of the smokescreen. Now, notice it said in verse verse 3, they took offense to him. Offense translates the Greek word, and when I say it to you, you're going to know what English word comes from it. The Greek word is skandalizomai. It means to snare or to cause to stumble. They were scandalized by this. Now, we don't know exactly what Jesus said in the synagogue that day, but we have a pretty good idea because we know what he preached wherever he went. Last time he was in town, his message offended the people and they tried to shove him off the cliff but bear in mind there's a big difference between an offense taken and an offense given you sin against someone well you'd better go confess and you'd better and you'd better be reconciled but if someone chooses to be offended by the truth that's not your fault and you have no apology to make for that. You would be wrong if you did apologize for the truth. Well, whatever he had said this time, once again, the people are, like they were in Luke 4, outraged, and they're full of questions, so-called questions, to justify their unbelief. They couldn't handle the fact that someone as familiar to them as the carpenter that moved out of town would dare to make such exalted claims or such stern rebukes on the condition of their heart. So they were astonished at what he said. It blew them away. They took offense, and then Jesus wondered. It's at that point that Jesus quoted a proverbial statement. It has to do with the fact that it's often the ones who are closest to you who are the least likely to believe the greatest things about you or the most profound things you say. Mark 6, 4, Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his own relatives and in his own household. Hey, Capernaum yesterday, it took me three times as long as it should have to get to Jairus' house because of the crowds. And here, you're just offended. It's the (laughs) ancient parallel of our contemporary saying, Familiarity breeds contempt. Jesus is saying you you just can't get over the fact of what you think you know to believe what is true about me. So verse 5. And he could do no miracle there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Now now mark that. It says he could do no miracle, but he did miracles. Okay, I'll, I'll circle back to that pretty soon. The issue was not that Because they were offended, Jesus suddenly had a power outage. It doesn't mean he didn't have the power to perform miracles. It's it's that there was no reason to do miracles because what's the purpose of miracles? The purpose of miracles is to attest to the truth and to reveal 
who Jesus really is. He is Lord and He is Messiah. The people of Nazareth had already set their rejection in stone, so miracles were unnecessary and irrelevant. He had no need to do miracles there. And here's another angle on that. It was merciful of Jesus to withhold further miracles in that setting because if they had more evidence, that would only heap greater condemnation on them for rejecting what they had seen. Elsewhere, Jesus was clear about people who were seeking signs just because they wanted Him to to do tricks. The purpose of miracles was never to entertain the curious and the ones whose hearts were hard. His miracles were of no spiritual benefit to anybody who chose not to believe. I mean, even people that Jesus healed, if they didn't believe, all He did was keep them a little healthier before their condemnation. The miracle's never the issue. It's who Jesus is and will you trust Him to be your Savior? He had no interest in indulging ungodly curiosity. He said to the Pharisees one time what we have in Mark twelve thirty nine. He says, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, yet no sign will be given it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. That was back at the time when they just said everything he did was, was by the power of Satan. It's right in that same chapter in the, in the Gospel of Matthew. And he says, you know what? Okay, that, that's it for miracles. The sign of Jonah, what? Three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish. The Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the, in the, in the belly of the earth. That's your sign. When I, raise, when I rise from the dead, that's what you're going to have to deal with. Back to Mark, verse 6. And here's what we already looked at. And he wondered at their unbelief. And he was going around the villages teaching. The word translated wondered means that he was astounded. He was grieved by that calloused rejection in his hometown. Now, it's got to be a little bit hard to be amazed when you're omniscient. But here we have Jesus described in His humanity, in His, in his human existence. He goes back to these people that He'd grown up with. Kids that He'd played with when He was younger. And they're rejecting. You know what? Those people in that town had witnessed someone grow up to age 30 sinless. Now I gather with his brothers and sisters, there could be a little resentment there if your older brother's perfect. I get that. We'll talk about them in a, in a moment as well. But they surely knew he was different even before he left. But they would have nothing to do with understanding why Jesus was different from them. That shows the profound power of unbelief. So once it became clear that Nazareth as a whole had rejected Jesus, He rejected them. What does it say? He moved on to other villages. Now let's close with a few observations Some things from this text that I think you can take away with you that will be easy for you to remember and practical for you to apply. One of them is, Jesus came from a large family. 
He had at least four brothers. The names of his brothers are listed in the text. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.